You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is. Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Happy to be with you. You know, it's March 2nd. Already the year is flying by. I'm here with my guest. It's Judge O.H. Eaton. He's still a judge to me, even though he's retired from the bench. He knows an awful lot about the death penalty. Judge Eaton, are you there? I am. Good afternoon. Thanks. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for coming on. The peanut, ba- peanut gallery is applauding you. We're happy to have you. I gave you a little introduction, told the folks about you. You probably know more about the death penalty than most judges and even law professors know because you've taught about the death penalty in Florida and at the National Judicial College. How many death penalty cases did you preside over while you were on the bench? I don't know the exact number. It was over 20. Mm. It's an awful lot. Now, one of the reasons that I'm talking to you is because I'm against the death penalty. I think you know that. We've talked about that a number of times. And last week, last Friday, you were at a death penalty law review session at the law school. And I take it you were one of the presenters about what's happening with the death penalty in Florida. Is that right? No, I was just a participant. I didn't present anything. Okay, so, but you do know an awful lot about the whole thing, and so let's tell people, and let me just sketch it out. It was in 2016 when the Supreme Court decided a case called Hearst versus Florida, and basically in that case, the Supreme Court says we were doing the death penalty wrong, doing it the wrong way, because jurors should make the final decision and not judges. Is that right in a nutshell? Well, it it is. There's some history to it that uh, can be brought up to date very quickly. Uh, All right, that's what I'd like you to do. Florida was uh, one of the first states to reenact the death penalty after uh, 1971 when the U.S. Supreme Court declared the death penalty procedures that were being used in the United States unconstitutional. And Florida decided to have a, a kind of a hybrid system where the jury would make the decision about guilt or innocence, just like in any other case, unanimously. And then the jury would listen to what was listed as aggravated and mitigating circumstances and make a recommendation to the judge as to what uh, should be done as far as the penalty is concerned, either death or life in prison. And it was the judge's responsibility at that point to make findings of fact as to the existence of these aggravating circumstances, whether they'd been proven beyond a reasonable doubt, and to weigh them against mitigation and and make a decision. And that was the system that we used for years. But when Hearst came out uh, last year, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court said, well, there's a Sixth Amendment right to jury trial, and the jury has to make the decision, the findings of fact, as to whether the aggravating circumstances exist and and uh, instead of the judge so that's where we are with that and it was a it was an interesting kind of case because there was evolution involved in it, it started off with a case called apprendi versus new jersey know that and one that, well and in that case the uh the u.s supreme court said well if you're going to send us somebody to something more than the maximum statutory allowance that is if you have a, in in new jersey that 
had to do with a, a hate crime. The penalty for uh, Apprendi's crime was 10 years in prison, but if it was a hate crime, he could get up to 15. And mm-hmm. the judge had the responsibility to decide whether or not it was a hate crime. The U.S. Supreme Court said, no, that's a jury function. The jury has to make those findings. Right. Then along comes Ring versus Arizona, and that was a capital case. And in Arizona, the jury didn't make any findings at all in, in the penalty phase of a capital case. The, uh, the uh, judge did. And they said, no, you can't do that. So from 2002 until 2016, we were kind of in limbo in Florida. And uh, 41 people were executed between the two dates uh, before the U.S. Supreme Court finally got around to declaring Florida's statute unconstitutional. And so I think you say that those people were put to death in violation of the constitutional rights. Is that it? They were, yes, in violation of the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution, which guarantees the right to trial by jury. There is nobody on death row in Florida that was that has been put there with the proper findings of fact by a jury. And so you now, as I understand it, have written an article or working on an article about what the Supreme Court should do or is it the legislature should do about changing the law to make it more constitutional? Well, what's happened is the legislature has met and has passed a new statute uh, that uh, required the jury to make unanimous findings about certain things, but they allowed the jury to make a recommendation as to this penalty uh, by a vote of 10 to 2. And the Florida Supreme Court just recently said, well, you can't do that either. So <laughs> It's got to be 12 people, right? <laughs> gotta be, it's got to be unanimous, right? So that's where we are with that. And, of course, now the question is, is that decision retroactive to all the people on death row? And the Florida Supreme Court, in a very strange case, uh, ruled that anybody that was placed on death row after uh, Apprendi, I mean, after Ring versus Arizona was decided in 2002, can have a, a review to determine if they can get a new penalty phase trial. Hmm. But anybody that was convicted before then cannot. And this, it's the first time in history uh, in the United States that a, that a appellate court has ruled that some people were entitled to retroactivity and others are not. So it's, it's yeah, that, a different kind that, of thing. That, that's a problem. It seems like unequal protection of the law to me, does it? Well, I suspect there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of paths trod to, to Washington, D.C. on that one to see what the U.S. Supreme Court might do with it. Mm-hmm. Let me just make, talk about this Florida law and, and what the judges can do. I take it under Hearst now in Florida, a trial judge can't overrule a jury's recommendation for life in prison instead of the death penalty. Is that right? That is true. And under Florida law, it was virtually impossible to do that anyway, although there was a provision for it. But uh, no override has been approved by the Florida Supreme Court for over 20 years. So. Uh, that that was a non-issue, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think the Supreme Court is going to do about this decision about the people who have were sentenced after 2002? Well, will it, will they, they will, will they, they, they will get new trials or at least penalty phase trials? Maybe our listeners need to understand in capital cases, you have a bifurcated trial. That is the first phase. It determines guilt or innocence. And if it's found, if the person is found guilty, they go into what's called the guilt phase to determine whether the, the, uh, death penalty should be granted 
or not. And uh, that's that's the way it's done. And the problem is people who have been been unconstitutionally sentenced probably should have a hearing for sure, a new penalty phase hearing, I would think. Well, that's what the, that's what you would think. But uh, the court has been ruling that if you had your penalty phase trial under the old system, the unconstitutional <laughs> system, and if the jury came back with a recommendation of death by a vote of 12 to nothing, a unanimous recommendation, then they have declared that that is what's called harmless error. And as a result, uh, those people are not going to get new penalty phase trials. They're going to, just going to stay on death row. Now that decision is going to be reviewed, no doubt, because that's a, uh, that, that, that deals with a number of people. There's about 400 people on death row in Florida, and about yeah. 100 of them are, are subject to, uh, the Hearst decision and, and may be entitled to a new penalty phase. Yeah, I had the exact statistics. I think it was like 389 people on death row. What people, what our listeners don't know, you and I, Went to death row a couple of years, well, a few years ago, we took some students up there to the Stark Penitentiary in Florida. It's quite a dreary place, in my opinion. You remember that trip? Oh, yes, Florida State Prison. Yeah. But, you know, you you have taught about the death penalty. As a matter of fact, you've come to some of my classes in criminal law, and we know that about 128 countries don't impose the death penalty, and about 69 of those countries do still use death penalty. And even in the United States, every state doesn't have a death penalty, so there's a division. Here's a question I want to ask. Do you think the death penalty will ever be abolished in the United States, Judge Eaton? Well, <clears throat> about states have abolished the death penalty in the last 20 years, either by the by their legislature or by court decisions. So there is kind of a trend towards abolition of the death penalty. But uh, I think in states like Florida, what's going to happen is you're not going to get legislative will to abolish the death penalty, and, you're, and the courts are not going to do it either. So what will happen is it'll be sort of like in uh, New Hampshire. They've got a death penalty in New Hampshire, but they haven't used it for 80 years, and <laughs> well, I, I know in California they seldom put anyone to death. I don't think anyone has been executed in California for about 20 years, and they've got a lot of people on death row. They have the largest number yeah. of people on death row. Yeah, they've got the largest death row in California in the United States, and they haven't executed anybody since the 70s. Yeah, all right. So it's been 30 years now, 30, 35, almost 40. Um, another question that I would put to you, you have taught at the Florida Death Penalty Committee, or I guess the ABA, rather, Death Penalty. I'm looking at this, and you've taught at the National Judicial College. What do you teach judges? How do you teach judges? You are a judge. How do you teach other judges about the death penalty? What do you do? Well, first place, uh, when you have 50 judges in a, in a room and you're trying to teach them something, you have to be pretty well prepared because... You've got a class full of experts, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. so it's, it's really quite an interesting experience. But what we did was, see, Florida has this this death penalty course that all judges have to take before they can try a death penalty case. So every judge in Florida basically, with few exceptions, has had my course. And yep. 
because I just quit teaching it in 2015. That was my last year. So it's almost every judge in Florida has had it. But it, it's a week-long course, and we go over all of the procedural and uh, and substantive aspects of the of the death penalty law to try to make sure that it's done in a fair and impartial manner. Uh, mm-hmm. What we did, what we did both in in uh, at Florida and at the National Judicial College is we used a scenario that was a uh, a fact situation that we'd made up, and we use it during the whole week. It's a, it's a murder case involving three defendants, and so one of the defendants is way more guilty than the others as far as culpability is concerned. Uh-huh. And the question, and at the end of the at the end of the week, what we do is we tell the judges, we say, now what we want you to do is to enter a judgment, and and uh, tell us who's going, what your sentence is going to be for these three people. And usually the most guilty person, the most culpable person, gets about 55% of the uh, of the judges to vote for death and about 45% to vote for life. And what huh. happens after that? That's the last thing we do. And all of a sudden these judges who are sitting usually around a U-shaped table, uh, they're all looking across at each other and realizing that <laughs> it matters more about the judicial assignment on the case than it did what the facts of the case were. And so even, even when you're trying to be fair with this, this death penalty thing, it turns out that it's extremely subjective and, and, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to figure out a way to do it fairly. You know, I, I remember back in law school long ago, I read a decision. I don't know if it was Furman versus Georgia, but, Justice Marshall said that he had tried a lot of death penalty cases when he worked for the NAACP Defense Fund. And he says the more he learned about the death penalty, the more he came to hate it and the less he came to understand it. So I still think that that's probably very true. Judge Eden, I'm going to have to take a break. We want to stay with you for a couple of more questions if you can. And uh, we will be back with you after this pause. It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and consumer debt counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yeah. Yes, this is Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio back with you. I have Judge Eaton on the line. He is a well-versed judge in the death penalty, handled many death penalty cases when he was 
on the bench in Sanford, Florida, the 18th Judicial Circuit, Florida. He also teaches about the death penalty. I'm at the end, Judge Eden. I'm coming to the end of my time on TalkZo for the talk show, talk zone rather, for this week. But I understand now that you are in retirement, you are one of the attorneys handling capital appeals in death penalty cases for the public defender here in Florida. Is that right? Yes, I, yes. I uh, I was I'm retired, as I said, and and I I quit being a senior judge and and just didn't do anything for a while, and I got kind of bored. So one day I called up uh, uh, the public defender in in uh, Daytona, who is a friend of mine, and I said uh, I want something to do. And he said, What do you want to do? And I said, I want to do capital appeal. And he said, Well, come over, and I'll give you a job. So so I'm doing. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing capital appeals, and I'm I'm having a good time with it, quite frankly. Well, that's good. Now, most of our listeners don't understand that it costs more to try to put a person to death than it is to keep them in jail for life. Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. The, the uh, trial of death penalty cases and the post-trial proceedings far exceed the cost of incarceration for life. That's just a shame. Just a shame. Also, another little tidbit that... I learned when we went up to the uh, the Stark where they have the, the death chamber that prisoners under a death penalty are not considered having a sentence. They're under a death penalty, right? Yes. And if you are on death row in Florida, you get a chance to have a color TV set and a fan in your cell. Is that right? Well, actually, the... the the TV set is set outside the cell, but, uh, yeah, they, they have an opportunity to do that. You know, there are some people that complain about that kind of thing, but it, this is the way it works. It, it costs a couple of hundred dollars to provide a television set, and it costs a lot more money to provide, to provide a, a guard 24 hours a day. So uh, these, these amenities that they have are not – this isn't a fancy place. I mean, you were there, it, and I've been there many yeah, times. Yeah, it's not fancy, I'll tell you that. It is a – grim place to be and these death row cells are are nine feet by 11 feet and they're not uh they're not or i'm sorry seven feet by 11 feet and they're not right. uh, uh they're not any kind of uh luxurious accommodations i can assure you and they're locked up 23 hours a day they get one hour of uh, exercise a day outside their cell that, that's right and i think uh twice a week or three times a week they get a shower Boy, what a deal, huh? Well, at any rate, we've got 389 people on death row, and they have their TVs outside the cell and a fan in the cell. I never want to go there again, and I hope none of our listeners ever go to death row. Judge Eden, Eden thanks so much for being with us, okay? I'll be talking to you later. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for coming on. Bye-bye. All right, that's the peanut gallery. Okay, yes, Judge Eden did, was good. He gave you some facts you didn't know about the death penalty. Yep, I'm still against it. That trip we took a few years ago to take some students up to death row was, well, it was a good trip, but when you get to this prison, it is really pretty grim and someplace I wouldn't like to be. But anyway, now you know more about the death penalty, and certainly the death penalty in Florida. I hope that it is abolished, but we will see. Judge Eaton doesn't seem to be very encouraged 
that it will be abolished anytime soon. One of the facts you don't know about the death penalty, number of states over the years, when I say over the years, over the years that the United States has been a country, some states start with the death penalty, they keep it for 40 to 50 years, and then they do away with it. And maybe they do away with it for 20, 25 years, and they bring it back. It's a constant pendulum that swings back and forth between the states. How do people execute people in the United States? Well, the three most favorite, not favorite, I shouldn't say favorite, the most common ways are lethal injection, the electric chair, and firing squad. Bet you didn't know that. Well, anyway, there's all kinds of information on Leonard Birdsong Radio, maybe information you don't really need or want to know. But we've been talking about some grim stuff. Let's go on to something that's a little funny. You know, I always try to end the show on a high note. I like riddles, and I wonder if you can solve these riddles. Let's do a few of them right now. Here's the first riddle. What do you call a bunch of bees? What do you call a bunch of bees? Now, think about it for a moment. We've got time. You get it? What do you call a bunch of bees? Here's the answer. A pretty good report card. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. Here, okay, here, here's another one. Here's another one. I, I like this one. You, you may get this one. Listen carefully now. What goes O, O, O? What goes O, O, O? Think about it. Think hard about this now. Question is, what goes O, O, O? You got it now? Well, the answer is Santa Claus walking backwards. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Santa Claus walking backwards. All right. I like that. Got a couple of more here before we go. It's been a good show. I hope you've liked some of the things you've heard, some of the dumb news stories. You can find some of my stories on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. You can also email me if you want to make comments about the show. Go to lbirdsong at, nope, lbirdsong22 at gmail.com and you can email me and I'll email you back and also talk about you on the show. All right, here is another riddle. How did the duck prove he was a good detective? How did the duck prove he was a good detective? Well, have you guessed? He quacked the case. (laughs) He quacked the case, get it? All right. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to do this one. Do you? Well, I, I'm going to do it. Do you know why the school clock got in trouble? Do you know why the school clock got in trouble? Think about it now. 
Well, it was because it talked in class. It talked in class. All right, it's funny, but it's not that funny, folks. It talked in class. All right. All right, folks. Well, again, that's pretty much all that I have for you today. I hope to be back with you and plan to be back with you next week on Talk Zone Radio. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. Never any fake news on this station. What I tell you is real. Some of it's funny. Some of it's sad. But some of it is informative. So I like to do that. I like to inform and entertain and I hope that you'll stick with me. Email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. Go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. I'll be with you next week. 